Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and on today's episode, we speak with Kevin Jones, CEO of MV Transportation, one of the three large contract transportation providers here in North America. He talks about three areas of focus he's bringing to the company that include safety and training, growth and innovation, and financial performance. He also talks about what's in the future for MV Transportation. You won't want to miss this episode of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and today it's exciting to be with my guest, Kevin Jones, who is CEO of MV Transportation, the only American-owned contracted company that contracts transportation services across America. And we are in Nashville on a rainy day, but at the American Public Transit Association annual conference, marking Kevin's one year on the job as CEO. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Paul. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, too bad it's rainy, but I'm glad to be in Nashville. Kind of a fun city. Absolutely. And you know, we were talking about it earlier. I think the rain helped keep people in the show and see what's going on. Because there's so much to see here in Nashville. Uh, when it's rainy, they'll hopefully come and come to our events. Kevin, we'd like to start off a little bit our, our program for people to tell us a little about your background. So tell us a little about your background and how you ended up as CEO of one of the big three companies in America that does this stuff. Very good. Well, thanks. And thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to be here. So a little bit about me. You know, I grew up on the East Coast. I went to school on the East Coast. Spent the last 30 years in technology services. So not exactly transportation services, but pretty similar. I was originally with a company called Electronic Data Systems. It was Ross Perot's company. Oh, yeah. uh, Ross and, uh, you know, the culture that he built really taught me about operations and execution and discipline. Had several kind of roles uh, in the U.S. I was then in the U.K. for six years where I ran part of EDS's government business as electronic data systems. Government business was then, uh, we were then acquired by Hewlett Packard. And I went out to run the Asia Pacific and Japan business for Hewlett Packard Services and also integrate uh, the two companies, Electronic Data Systems and Hewlett Packard. Did that from Singapore for a couple of years. Moved back to the U.S., to Dallas, actually. Moved to Dallas about seven years ago. Was with Dell for a while, ran, ran the cloud computing business for Dell, was the chief sales officer for Dell Services. Went back to Hewlett Packard, ran the Americas business for Hewlett Packard for a while, which was right around 60,000 people, about $10 billion in revenue. We successfully got that business turned around, merged, and IPO'd a new company called DXC Technology, which is the third largest technology company in the world. And then I got a call. I got a call. How um, it always goes, right? Yeah, I got this yeah, call, yeah. right? And I got this call from uh, uh, from a headhunter, and okay. they told me all about MV Transportation. It's a great story. And uh, as soon as I met uh, Alex and Faison Lottie, who are the co-founders, I never looked back. Wow, that's something. What a great background to have for an industry that's becoming more and more technological. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there is, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of parallels, right, between the two industries. You know, it's been a great experience. Like you said, it's uh, it's been about a year. I've been here about a year. It's been very welcoming. I mean, it's a, it's a terrific industry. It's a very close industry, right? Yes, the it tra- is. The transportation yeah. industry. We've got a great board of directors and our customers and partners and all of our team members have, have kind of welcomed me spent a lot of time traveling, right? You know, this first year, I spent a lot of time traveling, you know, learning about the business and also seeing how I could help. Yeah. And the one thing that I've learned is that this is an amazing company. 
you know, MV Transportation is just a phenomenal company. And, uh, you know, we were uh, founded 43 years ago by, uh, as you know, by Alex and Faison Lottie. And the culture that the Lotties built is the same culture we have today. You know, typically these companies that have got really, really strong leadership, the culture survived many, many leadership regimes and it just permeates the organization. That's the same here. Okay. And our culture at MB Transportation, it's do what it takes for the passenger, do whatever it takes for the passenger and for our customer. And that that same culture sort of uh, stays, which has been great. So tell us a little about MV itself, kind of the scope of how many employees, you know, where you're at, how many states, those kind of things. So we yeah. can kind of get a, a scope. Yeah, great question. So MV today is about 20,000 employees. Uh, we're over a billion dollars in revenue. We are really a U.S. and Canada business. As you okay. mentioned, we're the only American-owned, right. privately held it's privately company. Privately held, owned, yes, yeah. Which, uh, you know, same founders that right. we had along, you know, uh, 43 years ago. So I love their story, too, how they started in San Francisco, going into people's houses, helping to carry them out into the taxi cab. Really about people, what you were just right. mentioning, the passenger. Yeah. It's amazing, the vision for the company. And certainly, you know, when uh, ADA legislation passed, it just made it a huge business. Yeah. And they've branched out over the years into a few different things. But the difference with MV, maybe as opposed to some of the competitors, is we are American-owned. We are very focused in the U.S. and Canada. You won't see us going into other foreign countries. Okay. And also because we're privately held. You know, we don't have to run decisions by any big corporate folks out uh, in other countries or anything like that, right? So we can make decisions quickly. We can be very, very responsive. And I think, therefore, we can be very, very innovative. And like I mentioned about the culture, right? This, this culture is about taking care of the customer. And you can kind of see it reflected in our customer relationships, right? We've got very long, tenured relationships with our customers. About eight years, right, is our average, right? Okay. That's our average. Yeah. And, uh we're looking to even continue to improve that. So that's a little bit about us. Some people, I, I don't think, are really aware of the contracting industry itself. Mm. Tell us what it is you all actually do. Right. How, how that works. So there's really four kind of major lines of business okay. uh, at, uh, at MV Transportation. Paratransit is where we're the, the, you know, probably the best known. We're also very, very, and that's providing services for paratransit passengers largely through transit authorities throughout the U.S. and Canada. So you contract with them. They put out an RFP. That's right. You all bid on it. And if you're the lowest responsible, responsive bidder, you get a contract for three to five, seven years, something like that. And then you come in and what do you actually do? Yes, that's kind of the, the, the process. And so we provide, you know, a whole suite of services, right? We provide the drivers who actually run the routes. We've got uh, maintenance engineers, mechanics, supervisors to make sure our vehicles are roadworthy. And mm -hmm. uh, and they're your employees. That's right. They're but you all employees. have a contract with the agency. That's right. Yeah. Yep. We also provide call center services, dispatch, scheduling, all those types of services. And then there's some additional technology type services and other services depending upon the contract just to make sure the entire system can run effectively. And we do that in paratransit. We do it okay. in fixed route. Mm -hmm. We've also got a, a large campus shuttle business, which goes across universities and large commercial companies such as Amazon, Microsoft, to name name a couple. Oh, you're doing shuttles for uh, That's those right. guys, right? Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is really interesting and yeah. really innovative. You know, we've got a very cool on-demand app called OneMV that when passengers want to ride, they use the app and uh, we come get them, right? And it's very, uh, it's it's the platform that we're using now in paratransit and, and some other areas too we're, we're investing in. So, uh, so that's three of our lines of business. And then the fourth is school bus, okay. right? Where we're growing extremely rapidly. I didn't know you were in school bus. Interesting. Yeah, we're in school bus as well. Yeah, so we've got a really growing business. We do it in uh, New York City. 
oh, which I is that. uh, right. extremely, I uh yeah, New York City. Was very it Reliant or something? Reliant. Yeah, 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 that's kind of our school bus distributor. Yeah. It's extremely, extremely successful. We have a fantastic team in Anchorage, Anchorage. Uh, as well. In New York City, we just want to contract with the uh, Northwest Independent School District, which is just outside of Dallas. That startup went really, really well. The customer's very happy there. So, so those are really our four big lines of business. And why do customers, in your opinion, choose to contract out the work versus run it themselves? That paratransit, just about everybody contracts that out, right? I mean, almost every, it's like when the ADA came in, most transit systems were like, that's not my expertise. Yeah. You know, I'm running rail and bus. But for other services like fixed route, what's the benefit to a private or to a public agency to hire a private company to come in and run that? It's a great question. There's a number of reasons our customers want our help, right? One is the kind of mentioned uh, it's not a core part of their business. So if it's not a core part of our customers' business, might as well have folks that like us that have a lot of scale and capability kind of take that over. So not core. They may have an issue with their budget, right? And financials still matter. And if they're looking for a provider who can automate with technology, again, take advantage of scale to do it in a more efficient manner, that's another big reason. Or they may be trying to stay ahead of the innovation curve. Yeah, that's another reason that customers will kind of outsource this work or give it to us. Those are really the three the three main reasons. That's good. And a lot of times it's cheaper than them running themselves, right? I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line in a lot of the stuff, right? So that's the financials, yeah. Yeah. What are you bringing to MV? Like, what, what are the direction you want to take it in? What changes are you making in the organization? That kind of thing. You know, I do have a technology background, right? And so that is definitely going to come into play with our technology strategy. But really what we've done over the last year, the team and I, we started with defining the vision for the company. It's a good place to start, right? Yeah. Where are we going to go in the future? So, what the, is so the vision for MV is we are going to have the best passenger and customer experience in the industry, right? Mm. Full stop. That is our vision. So Focus it's on the elegant. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's elegant, right? And it's simplicity. Yes. You know, I think a lot of times where CEOs get in trouble is they try to paint too complex a vision or it's too far away from their DNA, right? Mm -hmm. This vision is neither of those. You know, this vision is at the heart of our DNA, like I mentioned before. The company's always been about the customer and passenger experience. And then also, in my uh, view, if you start with the customer in the middle, the best passenger experience, you start with that in the middle, everything else will follow. Revenue, profit, cash flow, sales, that. all that other yes, stuff will follow. I do believe so, that. Yep. you know, you're not going to see us having visions to invent the next flying car or anything like that. What we're focused on is the passenger experience. And what we did is we sort of defined three big focus areas, okay. right? Again, I'm a big believer in focus. I think when you try to have action plans that have, you know, two dozen components, it just, uh, it just is not executable. So we have really have three big areas of focus to achieve the vision. Number one is safety and training. That is our kind of number one priority. To get the best passenger experience, you have to have a safe passenger experience. And we are using big data. Uh, we're using a very intense management cadence and discipline around our safety how we coach our driver, our driving behaviors, and that's worked well. We've got the best safety now in the company in four years. Our accident really? rates are dramatically down. Oh, that's great. And that's, uh, that's going very well. That so. helps financially, too, because that's the easiest way to save money is to not crash things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly good uh, from a financial perspective. Yeah. But really, the focus is on protection, right? right. It's really our duty. Absolutely. It's a great duty we have to protect our passengers, uh, protect our team members and everybody around the vehicle well, which includes pedestrians, bicyclists, and things like that. So we're very, very 
And I personally probably spend about 20% of my time on safety, right? So, so safety is kind of number one. I mentioned training as well. That's, that's part of our number one priority. We've got uh, MV University, which is how we um, have our course curriculum to kind of train not just the management staff, but technical staff. And then where we have kind of our driver training housed and things like that. So we're investing a lot into training because at the end of the day, Paul, we're just a people business, right? We don't make products, right? We don't make potato chips or, (laughs) you know, cars or airplanes, right? We provide services and we're only as good as the last customer interaction we've had. So finding training to our people is really, really super critical. So safety and training is number one. Our second priority is growth and innovation. And the growth part of the equation is really, really important. And this is where MV has had a ton of success in the past. You know, we have grown the company every year, every single year for 43 years. Mm. And can you, I've never heard of a company who's done that every single year without exception for 43 years. So it's going well, but we want to grow even more, right? We want to provide more opportunities to help our customers, more opportunities for our people. So we've made, uh, you know, lots of changes to how we go to market, and that's resulting in a lot of wins around around the uh, the marketplace. And then innovation is uh, is something that I'll tell you about as well in a bit, and that's kind of related to our technology strategy and a few other things. And then the third focus area we set for the company was our financial performance, right? Uh, revenue, as I mentioned, is has been in good shape, and we're, we've worked uh, a lot on becoming much more efficient. We eliminated five layers of leadership through the company so we can be more responsive to our customers. Really? And that has worked great, right? So it's it's uh, it's much, much easier for me, for example, to tell what's happening in our divisions by having less layers in between, right? You know, the telephone game yeah. where somebody tells somebody and then somebody else tells somebody and you never know what the real story is. So we've cut a lot of that out. And as a result, we're operating more efficiently. So those are the three priority areas. And, you know, so far for the year, you know, our performance has been much, much stronger than in the past. And uh, long may it continue. Wow. That's quite a story. That's great. Aristotelian logic would say the Western mind thinks in threes, right? So it's exactly. good you got three, yeah. three items to focus on. My dad was a preacher and that, you know, we three points in a sermon, three. right? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. Three, the, uh, the power of three. That's in right. Fact, I, uh, many years ago, uh, we gave a, a presentation on the power of three, which is, uh, like you said, it's just much easier to focus on, you know, that number than a big number. Yeah. Well, let's talk, you mentioned technology. Yeah. Tell me some about what you're doing there and really where you see this industry going. Everybody wants to know, hey, what's happening with mobility as a service? You, you talked about mm-hmm. you're kind of doing some of that. What's happening with scooters? Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening with autonomous vehicles? And technology is driving all that, really. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about that, Paul. So our technology strategy is really going to have, you're not going to believe it, it's going to have three aspects to it. (laughs) So uh, three aspects. And the three aspects, first of all, I'll start with the integrated mobility model. Okay. Our ridership is changing. The industry is changing. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be here is because it is transforming. It is disrupting. It is changing. Our passengers, they want choice. They want to have a ride on their timetable not necessarily somebody else's timetable, right? right. They want to have both of those things. Yeah, they don't have to stand out in the rain at a bus stop and hope the bus comes. Right, and hope it's on time and at a certain time, right? That's really kind of a model of the past. So where we see it going is more choice on demand. And to make sure we can deliver that, we've got at MV, we've got this thing called um, integrated mobility model. And what that is, it has to do with uh, dynamic data analysis, right? To make sure we're optimizing schedules, right? That's really important when you're going to more of an on-demand model is that you've got the right data analytics and the right data model. I mentioned that with safety before. So that's 
you know, big data plays there, but it also plays in our, our data analysis. 1MV is another part of our strategy. I mentioned that before. This is our kind of on-demand platform that we use both in the paratransit oh, yeah. And, uh, and the shuttle business, and we're investing in it, that's something that's going to help from a technological perspective move us toward the future. And then the last thing is our partnerships with the transportation network companies, or the mm. TNCs, mm-hmm. right? You've heard about Lyft, Uber, there are many others in the marketplace. We've got very significant partnerships with these companies, which allows us, in, addix- in addition to third-party taxi companies, that gives us kind of an ecosystem of demands so that we can scale up and scale down much more easily, Right when we're uh, partnering with those companies. And then having the technology to integrate the TNC's technology with standard technology that's available in our industry really makes the whole thing kind of knit together. So that's really kind of a little bit about the integrated mobility model. It's taking the TNC's, the partnerships with the TNC's, our 1MV platform, and then dynamic data analysis to, to really design the best possible system for each of our customers. So that's one aspect of our oh, that's technology. Just one. Okay, that's yeah. one, yeah. The second one is, you mentioned it, is autonomous. Yes. Right? So autonomous is a huge focus of MV. We are in the process of uh, developing several pilots with uh, customers around the country. And look, I think that this is an area that's here, mm-hmm. right? I know there's a lot of conversation about, is it really going to catch on? Are there safety concerns? My perspective is it's already here. And we need to run with it very, very quickly. I don't know if it's going to be completely mainstream in two years or five years or 10 years. All I know is it's here and it's growing incredibly rapidly and we're in the game. So we've got partnerships with various companies on autonomous driving, getting ready to start some pilots. And you'll hear more from us about that. That's good because that's what's, that's what's happening now, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's very exciting too. It's very, very exciting. And yeah. you know, when you're in Silicon Valley, you know, I spent the greater part of 30 years in and out of Silicon Valley. There's some amazing things going on with innovation in this area. So I think it'll catch on much, much more rapidly. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you're if you have this level of knowledge on it, though, but so I've been doing some trips to places with autonomous vehicles lately. I went to Switzerland. Then I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago with MJ Maynard mm-hmm. uh, to see their what they're doing over there. But like Google Waymos and these other companies, they seem to be able, the technology and the AI in mm-hmm. those vehicles seem to be advanced beyond what the buses are. Yeah. Uh, you can, they can travel a lot longer distances, they can maneuver, whereas the buses are more like on a fixed two mile route or whatever. What's happening there? Do you see that? Do you see the buses being able to get that AI in, and be able to do more responsiveness? Absolutely. Okay. I think over yeah. time, it's a little bit more complex, right, because of the um, you know the makeup of the vehicles. But I think over time, absolutely, there's It'll no question. It'll catch up to no what those question. guys are doing. Yeah. yeah, and I think what MJ and the Vegas folks are doing is terrific. You're going to see some stuff from MV and some of its customers in California that are going to knock your socks off as it relates to kind of in-traffic autonomous vehicles. You'll see some shuttle work as well from us, but it's really exciting. And I think, you know, this is an area where everyone will win in the future. I think it'll just help our whole society become much more productive. And as an economy, I think as a global economy, we'll be able to push forward, you know, much more rapidly given this technology. I'm writing now for a thing called Axios News Service, and uh, they've asked me to write some on autonomous for them in smart cities. And one of the questions they asked me to write on is, is this going to cost jobs? Mm. But, you know, one of the answers to that is, well, did it cost jobs when banks got ATMs? Mm-hmm. What it did, it allowed there to be a lot more branches. Yeah. It used to just be one main bank downtown where they had to have 30 or 40 tellers, and now they can spread it out and serve more people. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as the end result of this, where there's places where maybe f- traditional fixed route bus, there wasn't enough passengers to go there or whatever? 
It's a smaller route, smaller road where you can't fit a 40-passenger bus, but maybe you can fit a smaller autonomous vehicle there, and it doesn't have to serve 6,000 people a day. It can serve 60 people a day. Right. Do you think that's Absolutely. one of the uses? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of the uses. And I, and I, and I kind of agree with your uh, response there about is it going to cost jobs? I mean, this is the kind of the evolution of technology and the workforce, right? It's, it always changes the nature of jobs. And over time, I think the number of jobs, um, the number of opportunities will continue to increase. It'll just be different types, you know, right. of, of jobs in the long term. It's all about how our workforce evolves in the knowledge economy. That's right. And I think there's nothing wrong with uh, with that at all. That's good. All right, that's but good. I didn't finish my third one. That's all right, so, that's right. uh, yeah, yeah, three, I got it three. So, uh, so number one, again, our technology strategy, very exciting. Number one, integrated mobility model. Number yep. two, autonomous driving. And number three, this is something that we're, we're really just announcing here okay. um, over the next few days. We're going to be providing standalone technology services. So, this is something I've seen the need with many of our customers. A lot of our customers you know, are not very happy with their technology departments or their the speed at which they're moving with technology. So we are going to be helping our companies through many types of offerings, such as, you know, infrastructure support, a lot of platform-related technology items. You know, you go to some of the... Uh, uh, some of the operational organizations, and they're all on different types of hardware, different types of printers, different types of software. It's not compatible. They've got upgrades. They've got security issues. So in terms of infrastructure services, that's something we're going to be providing to uh, customers. We've got a lot of that expertise. And I thought, why not offer that as a solution? Yeah. It kind of brings some of your past experience, yeah. too, into this world. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Application development. We're going to be doing application development oh. for customers. So you're where almost they want like it. a uh, IT department for hire. There you go. <laughs> IT department for hire. We're happy to do body shop top wor- type work. We're actually happy to manage programs, you know, project management, program management. That's part of this, too, wow. right? That's really innovative. Yeah. 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 And this is one of the first times that we've uh, talked about it. So well, uh, all well, thanks thank to your you. podcast. Thank you for uh, sharing that with our <laughs> sure. listeners. I mean, that's an amazing service. It's very much needed. I can tell you from being a CEO of the 11th largest transit system in America that having someone with that level of experience Mm. uh, would be critical for a lot of these agencies. And there is a brain drain right now across most transit agencies. I spoke today at this conference today about hiring the workforce Mm. of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, people in my generation and probably yours, we've done our 30 years. Right. And people are starting to retire now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of that brain drain, and, and there's... There's not the backfill. And so having companies that can come in and do that, that's very interesting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, we're excited. I think, you know, it kind of goes back to the question you asked earlier. I mean, oftentimes I, I advise organizations, you know, do what you're good at, right? Yeah. Do what's in your core. So for a lot of organizations, technology is not really their core, right? That's right. They're very, very focused on policy or legislation or passengers or uh, mm-hmm. mobility or whatever. Or running us, the trains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, let us, you know, let us handle what's not core. And that could include providing the actual Do you transportation have a name for services. This yet? Are you announcing not a name? Not yet. We're okay. working on the name. All right. Yeah. You know, MD Technology Services. How about okay, that? Okay, there you go. That yeah. Sounds pretty good. I just made that up. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> MTS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that acronym is, but yeah, we're excited. We're excited about that. I think that's it'll be great. Fun. Well, you've got a, quite a future coming for this company. So where do you see MV, let's say, in five years? What's the short to medium-range vision you have? Look, I think in five years where, you know, where we want to be, we want to be the disruptor. You know, we don't want to be a fast follower so or anything like that. reinventing yourself. Reinventing ourselves. Uh-huh. You know, we want to, of course, have, uh, by then we'll have surpassed our goal of having the best customer experience. I mean, that's job one, right? If we just kind of focus on that for a second, that's not going to take five years. And that'll t- hopefully take two years, one to two years. 
And then as we're doing that, we're building the technology services practice. We're building some of these other things. We're going to build up scale and capability on autonomous driving, our partnerships with the transportation network companies, the TNCs. Um, and then you'll see us really, really start to disrupt the industry. That's interesting. Well, one follow-up on the TNCs. Tell us, can you tell us a little more specifically about what you're doing with them? People are very interested in that. That's another like real futuristic step that almost every transit agency in America today is trying to figure out, how am I going to interact with Uber and Lyft and these other companies? Yes. So what are you doing? Well, more to come on the official announcement okay. on that. Okay. But what I will say is, you know, we're getting very, very close with the TNCs on something that will, you know, revolutionize not just kind of the, the transit industry, but the larger consumer industry. So wait and see. And are you doing anything with scooters and bikes and all that other stuff? Or what do you see, how do you see them integrating into transit? I mean, I think that's a, that's an emerging trend, right? That we are all in on, right? No matter how uh, passengers want to get there, we want to be able to be there with them, be yeah. it in a uh, motorized vehicle or electric vehicles yeah. or not vehicles at all, right? Bikes and, uh, and scooters and Probably the way that we will approach scooters and bikes and things like that is going to be through the TNCs mm -hmm. uh, initially. Yeah, because they're buying up those companies. They're now. buying the yeah. companies and they're integrating with their technology, right? Yeah. So yeah. the fact that we're we're having we're going to have a technology industry integrated with the TNCs will by nature, give us kind of an indirect link to that other mode of transportation that you mentioned. Okay. Well, in our remaining minutes, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about yourself or your team or your company or anything? Or? Look, I think we covered a lot. Um, yeah, we did. But look for MV to be doing great things first in terms of the passenger experience and then disrupting the industry. Awesome. Well, Kevin, great to meet you. We've been speaking with uh, Kevin Jones, who's the CEO of MV Transportation, which is one of the largest and the only American-owned, as you mentioned, transportation contract provider in America. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Great. Thank you, Paul. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.